and gentlemen, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast with your host, Isabel Ross. As a personal trainer, accredited endurance coach, and now podcast host, Isabel is bringing you the best advice, tips, and tricks for health and athletics. Two Australian trail championships, a 24-hour track race, six-foot track marathon, and has represented Australia three times at the long-distance mountain running world championships. I mean, I guess you could say ain't no valley high or mountain low that she can't run, right? I mean, it's the other way around. Anyways, let's just say she knows a thing or two about running. Did I mention that Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons? So, yeah, she knows her stuff. You'll be sure to get all your questions answered and maybe even a runner's high just by listening to the advice and good vibes of the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you here with me for another episode. Well, DU has been run and done. Well done to Tom Dade on another fantastic run and being the only finisher. He is amazing. Now that I've been out on the course, I can only marvel at how he manages to get this done. David Eady was another gun out there. I had every finger and toe crossed he would get it done in time, but it wasn't to be, and that's that's fine. I really admire how he kept going and finished the course regardless. <clears throat> that takes an absolute ton of guts and determination. In fact, I will be interviewing him this coming weekend about his adventure, so look out for that one. Of course, my adventure... <laughs> if you want to call it that, on this course ended prematurely. I don't DNF often as I don't take it lightly. I don't want to be left with any regrets. But things started going south for me fairly early on. <clears throat> on my left foot, I have developed like a, a small sort of bunion, like kind of, from, the, from years of running. It's never really bothered me, although on the odd run here or there, I have felt it a little bit. Well, early in the race, it started hurting. And when I say hurting... I mean, it was incredibly painful. I think it's a really rocky surface, you know, really hard. And, and I think it's a lot to do with that. So I took some Panadol. I personally never use Nurofen in races. And that helped for a few hours. I felt better about that, you know, within myself thinking, okay, got that pain sorted. Then my left knee started to hurt a lot, probably from my change of gait for the foot. Now, like any runner, I get twinges in my knees on and off too, but this was uh, every downhill, and believe you me, there were a lot, and that was steep, and it was painful, and it affected my gait even more. But However, that still, I didn't feel that that was necessary to stop me. The, the other problem, though, was the Panadol I was taking for my foot wasn't helping it at all. But on I soldiered. A few other niggles and pains kept popping up, and it was honestly like my body was trying to tell me to stop but I just kept ignoring the signs, you know, as any good ultra runner will in a race. And I've done that before though at GSR in 2019 and I still have nerve pain in my leg three years later that I personally believe may never go away. So for this reason, when I started to get dizzy and feeling this vague unwellness, you know, I mean, unwell in a vague sense that I, a vague sense that I couldn't actually pinpoint and go, this is what it means or this is what it is. I listened to my body and pulled out at the next aid station. When I got the nerve damage in my leg, once again, it was one of those vague feelings. I knew there was something wrong. I knew it was not good, but I ignored it. I kept pushing on. 
So this time I, I didn't know what it was, but I didn't want to do any permanent damage again to myself, especially when there was no chance I was going to finish this race. I, I could see it, the writing was on the wall. So I love running too much to risk it all for one event that I wasn't even going to be able to finish. I love being part of the event and certainly I've had the doms to prove that I was out there. Am I disappointed I didn't go further? Yes. But do I feel I made the right decision? Again, yes. Especially since when I got home and got changed, I found my legs, even you know, even the parts where the shorts were, were covered um, with an allergic reaction and part of my torso as well, um, an allergic reaction rash. Now, each time I had trained at Lurdy, I'd gotten an allergic reaction on my face, actually all on my face and, and in my ear, somehow I must have got my ear. Um, that I had to use quite strong cortisone cream to clear up. So obviously something at those times had touched my face, and but this was a different kind of rash. But the fact that it also affected me through my clothes was unusual. Um, and, and so I'm obviously, you know, allergic to something allergic to, but was it part of the weird unwell feeling I was getting? I don't know. But I do know I made the right decision to pull out and thus I don't feel regret. I also know I've had a big year so far going to the States for Barclay and the stress associated with that as well as Canada with all, you know, the COVID tests and, and all that stress takes a bit. It does take a bit to recover from and I'm not saying that I didn't have a great time. I did. I had an excellent time and I don't regret it. But also, you know, I put Jack down, my beloved dog, a week before the race and that was devastating for me. And I'm currently awaiting surgery in a couple of days, which is another stress for me, which I knew I had coming up. So I do believe mental strength does weaken us physiologically as well. I know I have the capacity to push through hardships, so it's not that I can't do it, but my body was telling me something and as hard as it is to do sometimes, I listened. Unusual for us ultra runners, huh? or runners in general. Anyway, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and another happy client. It's Debbie from Brisbane. I've been training with Izzy from Peak Endurance Coaching for only a few weeks now, but I really love the programming. I love how contactable she is. Any question, she doesn't hesitate and she's always available for help and support and anything you need really. She's wonderful and really great to have a program to follow so I don't have to wake up and think about what I'm doing today. I just do what I'm told. And it's always good to get feedback and ask any advice at all along the way. So I highly recommend um, if you've been training for a while and got a little bit lost along the way, that was me. Um, it's really, really good. Highly recommend. Thanks, Izzy. So you like running, but you're feeling pain or irritation. You can't enjoy it like you once did. Or worse, your performance has taken a big hit. Now you're reminiscing on the good times or the wind blew past your ears. Nature looked lovely as you passed it. What are you waiting for? Go and visit the specialist at Health and High Performance. With the latest in technology and a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can help you with all your running injury and performance needs. 
Let's get you back to doing something you love with the results you're capable of. Head over to healthhp.com.au run, or you can find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Mount Albert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments, not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. So contact them now on their website to find out more. For today's episode, I thought I would talk about six race-specific training elements that you should engage in as your race approaches. They are in no particular order, and they are speed work, long runs, nutrition training, night running, strength work, and mental training. Okay, let's start with speed work. As I spoke about when I was discussing um, program structure, your workouts should go from least specific to more specific as the program goes on. Thus, as you near your race, you should be doing longer and longer tempo runs. Runs at a level, you know, that you can sustain that um, comfortably uncomfortable pace for about an hour. Tempo runs should have you working up to about 30 minutes at tempo effort, maybe 40 minutes, depending on what level you're at. The, these kind of runs develop the ability to run at a uh, race pace for longer. Now, if the race is on hilly terrain, do your tempos on undulating terrain. Flat tempo runs might look better on Strava, but hilly tempos will ultimately serve you better come race day. I have talked about tempo runs a lot, so I won't go into too much more detail today. Listen to some of my other podcasts if you want. Long runs should mimic your race as much as possible. That is in elevation and terrain. For instance, if I'm training for 100K with 4,000 metres elevation, I made the numbers nice and easy for myself, my last long run of 50 to 60K should have around 2,000 to 2,500 metres climbing. If it is primarily on fire roads, that's what I should be training on. If it has mainly single track, that's what I should try to train on. If it have lots, if the course has lots of stairs, I would add stairs in my long run at the appropriate stop spot. You know, if it was in the middle or near the end, I'm having trouble talking today. I would also try running around the same time of day as I would be racing. If the race goes all day and night, then training at different times of the day for my long run. So one day starting in the morning, one day starting, you know, around lunchtime, maybe one day starting in the afternoon. Uh, in the last couple of months, th- that could be useful. Depending, you know, if it fits in with your lifestyle. If it doesn't, it's it's not a big deal, but it could be good. If I'm going to use poles in the race, I'd be using them in my long runs, very much so. It is good also to practice with the full weight of your race pack with all that mandatory kit. You don't want to be surprised with how hard it is to carry a heavy pack and how much it makes the hills feel more difficult and how it pulls on your shoulders and all all that sort of thing. Also, a full pack sits differently on your body than a half empty pack. And you don't want to, once again, be surprised by that and any associated chafing from the way it sits differently come race day. That's why it is also important to wear the clothes you will wear on race day a few times in training on your long runs too. I've seen people racing and, and their t-shirt, the pack lifts up their t-shirt and that must chafe. So really check what you're wearing. And also that includes socks. Socks that might be good for one to two hours might not be good for five plus. Don't wait for race day to find out. 
Now, nutrition training is vital to your race. It really is part of your long run training, but I felt it is so important it deserved its own number. So, to start with, race nutrition is not just what you eat during the race or during your long run. It starts at least the day before the race or your practice long run. You should practice what you will eat the day before the race as some of this food will still be in your digestive system at the start of the race. Believe you me, it will, even though you may go to the toilet a hundred times, and it will therefore impact you either positively or negatively. What sits well, what doesn't, what gives you good energy to run, what doesn't. <clears> okay, <throat> hey, these are the things you need to be working out earlier. Then in the morning, eat what you would eat um, before the actual race. And, and take note, does it sit like concrete in your stomach? Make you sit on the toilet constantly? Or is at the start of the run feeling hungry? Does it give you good energy to run? Okay, take note. Next is what you actually eat during your long run that and thus during your race obviously this can all change on race day but you know because you know what it's like suddenly everything changes but it is good to have some sort of idea i've learned over the years that sweet stuff just doesn't go down well for me and leaves my stomach feeling horrible so find out through trial and error what works for you and that may take quite a number of runs and practice races that's often what we do practice races for is not just to practice running hard, but to practice all the other things. You need to have options available for when one type of food doesn't work. Don't be scared about eating on a long run. Eating is not cheating. Eating during your run, long runs actually speeds up the recovery process. Not eating during long runs slows down the recovery process. Long runs are not the time to diet. Nutrition, of course, obviously includes fluids, including the day before. Hydrate the day before, drink during your long run. What electrolyte solution works best for you? That sort of thing. Some flavours taste great at home in a bottle, but terrible when you're running. Same with the strengths. Think about that. And now, if you're going to run through the night in your race, you need to practice night running at some stage. This does not mean you have to do a night run where you run all night for training. You could start your morning run early and run in the dark then, or your evening run from you know twilight into the dark. That's all you need. Running through the night, like all night, will just exhaust you and take away from your other training, thus negating any benefit it may possibly provide. All right, strength work, onto my favorite topic. You know I love it. Strength work needs to be periodized to your training. At the start of the training cycle, you'll be lifting heavy, but as you progress closer to the race time, you'll be moving on to functional and more core training. Also, you'll be adding some plyometric work at this stage as it is quite helpful. Functional and core training prepares your body for the rigors ahead. You need your body to remain strong and stable for the many hours you'll be pushing it during your ultra. Two weeks before the race, you should transition to only body weight and core work because there's no strength gains to be made two weeks before with, you know, a little bit of play to keep you snappy. All right, so drop the heavy weights two weeks before. Well, not that you should be doing too heavy by then. Mental training is super important, but really practiced. Of course, mental training is done every time you go out for a run that you couldn't be bothered to do, when you push through a workout, when you've had enough and you keep pushing on, when you hit the, the trails in the pouring rain and biting wind. However, as race day gets closer, you need to spend more time thinking about the race and being more specific and thinking about what you will do in different circumstances. For instance, what will I do in the race if my stomach goes sides? What's my options? What do I do? 
What will I do if I haven't seen a course marker in ages? Do I just keep running? Do I freak out? What do I do? Look at the maps, those sorts of things. What will I do if I get that voice in my head telling me to DNF? And so on, you need to go over these. This is not focusing on the negative, quite the opposite in fact. It is focusing on the positive things you will do to counteract these negative instances. It gives you back control for those moments when you will probably feel like you have little to no control. It gives you power and positivity to know you have your bases covered. You also, at this stage, as you get closer to your race, need to start visualize, visualizing yourself pushing hard, pushing through the pain, moving regardless of the difficulty, crossing the finish line, knowing you have given it your all. Now is also the time to come up with the mantras that will help you as you race. There's a variety of things you can come up with, but I am statements work really well, but you are statements work even better because it's like someone else, a trusted friend, ally or coach, is showing confidence in you and you're like, you can do this, you are strong. Those sorts of things, they supposedly work better than I. Practice using these in training so they're second nature on race day. So there you have it, six things to focus on for more specific race well, for more race-specific training. Of course, if you want personalised coaching, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au and we can talk about what suits you and your lifestyle and your running history. Now, also, if you want to find out more about strengthening your mental game for ultra running, I am hosting a real live in-person event. Yes, I am so excited to let you know that I'll be hosting a live, not live Zoom, but live real event when I will go over what is required to complete in difficult events, how to prepare yourself mentally for those events and how to deal with those voices in your head telling you to quit. And of course, how to know when to listen to those voices and how to tell the difference between when to listen and not to listen. This event will be held on Thursday, the 14th of July in the evening, and it will be in Baronia. Um, I'll let you know the exact location closer to the date. And details and registration are on my website, peakendurancecoaching.com.au. I would love to see you there, and there'll be drink, drinks and nibbles after, um, where we can all have a chat. Now, have a great week, and have lots of fun with your running.